and out of the park. Ready your ears. Time to test your ability to change lanes. Enjoy the ride. Here we go. Another podcast from the group Changing Lanes Above the Neck. Stay tuned to absorb real discussions for and about real people. Welcome everybody out there to Changing Lanes number 23 Above the Neck. We have Connie on the mic again. Hopefully we edit the other one pretty good. So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, relationships and dating after 50. Mainly from a woman's point of view, because we've had a ton of guys on talking about women. So we're going to give the women a break here to give us their point of view and see what happens. So Technically, I'm not 50. <laughs> I'm 49. Oh, sorry. 49 and over. <laughs> wow. There's one point of view right there. Bang. Sorry, folks. I misspoke. 49 and over. There we go. So... Give us some broad bullet points, just some broad ones uh, that you can refer to, Miss Connie. Not your 49. About relationships and dating? Yep. Oh, um... From your point of view, from your experiences, broad. Right. I'd say financial financial experiences is a big one for me. Um, children, if they have kids, um, their relationships with their exes. Can you tell a lot about a man, the way he treats his kids? Yes. You've been in that situation? Yeah. Yes. I've always felt, too, when I was younger, um, if I ever dated, you know, somebody that was divorced with kids, I always thought, well, I didn't think I would like that very much because my belief is that their kids should come first. And if I would date somebody with children, their kids are always going to come first and not me, which is the way it should be, but at the same time, it would bother me that I would. What about the Brady Bunch? That was a perfect example. Come on, (laughs) you're right. Yeah, they they made it work. Yeah, TVs. They also had a maid. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That was a good comeback. Yes, Alice. Alice was the glue. Oh yeah. So you people out there dating people with kids, be sure there's a maid. That was good. Oh, man. So back to financial problems. You know, not everybody's on the same level financially, of course, but you also don't want somebody broke. Right. Yeah. You know, there's all sorts of warning signs. Let's talk about physical abilities or disabilities. Not everybody's on the same level. Um, As we get older, things start to fall apart, break, slow down. You know, getting out of bed now, I think there's four people in bed with me because my knees and everything go crack, pop, pop, pop. You know, it's like an episode of Snap, Crackle, Pop. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the energy differences go. So speak on that. Oh, I was thinking I had an aunt that used to say she'd go to bed with Ben and wake up with Arthur. Because, you know, Ben gay and arthritis. <laughs> so, but the physical things, I just think um, as we age, we all have different limitations as far as you know our joints start aching like you said our back hurts because you know we've uh, probably have abused our bodies in our younger years and now we're paying for it and just other things as far as you know if you have um, heart heart disease maybe or um, high blood pressure for sure I think that's probably a common thing and just things that we need to start um, paying attention to take care of ourselves 
And if somebody, if the person you're dating is really ailed and you're not, you don't have as much limitations as they do, I think that can be a turn off. One of my friends, um, she and I talk quite often, and she talks about the guy she dates. You know, she finds them mainly on um, match, things like that. And it'll turn out where, you know, there almost needs to be a health history for him because no one puts it on there. And, man, she'll meet these guys and heart disease. This, I mean, and then everything happens to come out. Not to say you can't date anybody with a physical or, or medical ailment. Right. But people need to be forthcoming and say, hey, well, I got this going on. Why forthcoming? Because... So I have lupus, mm-hmm. and when I first got diagnosed, I was like, oh, my God, nobody's going to want to date me. Kiss of death. Right. But it's not really physically limiting me, and it kind of, I haven't brought it up until there's something that I have to do, you know, because I go to a lot of doctor's appointments mm-hmm. and stuff, so it comes up eventually, but they wouldn't know, I don't think, unless I told them. I think with every ailment or and or whatever's going on, is there's there's probably a different. You know, you don't want to bring it up like the first meet and greet at Starbucks. Say, hey, dude, I got four left eyes. How you doing? Thanks for coming. <laughs> you don't want to do that. I did date a cyclops once. All right. <laughs> I'm I'm a loss for worse. Do you have a patch? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Just, oh, okay. That was my that was my nickname for the guy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so as, as in time wise, I think everybody's on their own, but you have to be forthcoming eventually, you know, it's kind of like crazy. You don't want to hide crazy forever. And ladies, if you're crazy, guys, if you're crazy, just tell them right away, you're crazy. Let's, let's not hold back. Don't, don't let him find out three, four months in. God, this woman's crazy. Just tell him up front. Maybe he likes crazy. Maybe that's what he likes. Do you think people that are crazy are fully accepting? Accepting of their craziness. They're probably in denial. I think people that are crazy don't know they're crazy. Right. So, yes. So, so they should be that. So, like I said, like I said earlier, you know, it's kind of a job interview. You put your best foot forward. You hide everything. You don't want to tell them you can't type a hundred. You can't type a hundred words a minute. You can type four words a minute. You don't want to go there. Say, sure, I can type a hundred words a minute. So, yeah. If I was high on coke or something, I could type 100 words a minute. So you're not really lying. You're just stretching the truth. (laughs) But I don't know. Physical, I think you're right. You should be forthcoming in some degree. But when that comes, like if you have cancer, I think it just will come up in In, relationship. Relationship, yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, but trying to hide something is different than actually talking about it. So I think there's a difference. Okay. You know, if you're trying to be uh, deceitful about things is uh, different than not wanting to tell them yet because you don't think that relationship has fully gone to the point where you can tell them. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. You know, like if you're really involved and things are hot and heavy and you still hold back stuff, that's a different story. You need to be forthcoming and, and uh, tell them what's going on. Incorporation with friends and family, you know, Time, <laughs> you're shaking your head. Time, time with that, man. You know, when do you introduce them to the family? When do you introduce them to your friends? Um, I was in a relationship where she didn't really jive with my friends. And my friends were like, always give me a hard time. Say, dude, how come you never see her? I said, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, so what do you think about that? How long did that relationship last? Huh? The, the one that didn't jive with your friends. What? 
your huh? relationship? Two and a half years. Oh. Yeah. That was quite. Yeah. I because I think if they don't if they don't mesh well with your friends and family, that's that's a challenge because you know I've I've never been married, so my friends and family are pretty important to me in my life. Your village. Once again, we're right. back to the village. Yeah. So if they don't like them or get along, that's, I think that's a big. Well, there's also, you know, like not get along or not really around or have excuses not to see them, things like that. You know, there's not a dislike or anything, but there wasn't like a, there wasn't any effort to make that. Yeah. Got me? No. No. There was no effort on her part to go forward to mesh with my friends. Okay. So it wasn't the fact that she didn't like them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every time we had something going with my friends, she was always busy. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. So it wasn't uh, the fact that she she didn't like them or anything like that. It it just didn't mesh. Well, I can say from my experience, like I wait a while for somebody to meet my family because I think that's a pretty, that means the relationship's progressing pretty heavily. And you haven't seen crazy yet. <laughs> no crazy yet. And then um, once they meet them, and then you break up. I don't like having to explain to people that we broke up. So if they don't meet them in the first place, if it takes a while before they meet them, then I don't have to explain the breakup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So you're going into it thinking you're going to break up anyway. That's that's what I just heard you say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not you're going right. into that's, it full tilt. That's, you're going into you're it right. half assed Hey, I'm going to break that's up eventually. Why I so never yeah. Been married, obviously, because uh-huh. I unconsciously go into it that way, probably. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, it takes me a while for them to meet my family, and I do like to see how they interact with my friends because that's my village. So and what happens? Today. What happens is your friends say, "Hey, that guy's a loser." Which has probably happened maybe once or twice. Right, yeah. yeah. So do you act on it right away or do you say, Oh, it's okay? Do you do you kinda like Oh, I defend I defend the guy. <sighs> I defend his behavior. No one he does this stuff. He might he might be socially awkward with you guys, but you know, these are the other things that I like about him and And it's kinda like a kinda like a teeter totter and then eventually that bad teeter starts to right. come up. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had a, something to say about being the girl going to meet the friends or hanging out with the friends. So How's, how does that work? How do you look at that? I look at it that because I feel pressure because I want them to accept me. I want his friends to like me. Okay. And there's some pressure that goes along with that because if they don't like you, that's that's not a good sign. Well, then you have to look at his point of view, too. So what you're going through, he probably went through when he met your friends and family. Right. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then the last relationship I was in, we we broken up a couple of times. So like the second. <laughs> Did time, you get good at it? <laughs> yeah. So the second time when we got together, and he wanted to, well, to get together with his friends and family, I was very apprehensive because. I'm assuming he would talk smack about me the time, you know, during the time. Oh, the smack in between time. Yeah. Yes. And so. And here you are meeting the family again. Yeah. So what are they thinking of me? Oh, here's that girl that, you know, he said was crazy. (laughs) 
crazy. She showed me her crazy. But I'm back with her. But I'm back with her because I really liked her crazy. <laughs> See how that works? Or maybe he's crazy. Yeah. See? So what happens when you get two crazy people? Yeah. They just break up and make up all the time. It's like, boom. Oh. Balance each other out. Oh. Like- you know, and one of my other subjects is, and it's on this list, is how do you prevent from staying in it too long? That's that's that one thing that I, I could just shoot myself after after the end of every relationship. You know, you kind of do a check and you go, man, that should have ended yeah, quite a while ago. Right. Yeah. But I you think- live and learn. You know, right. you live and learn. And and hopefully you don't grow and repeat those same mistakes over and over again. But sometimes you do. I know. And why do we do that at this age? We should you know, know better. I think, and a friend and I were talking about this, I think it's from the standpoint that sometimes we don't want to be alone. So sometimes we'll accept stuff that we don't accept normally when we're younger because we don't want to be alone. And then... That same premise goes for staying in it too long. So it's a double whammy. It's like slap one, slap two. It's like, right. yeah. So, yeah. it's. I think it's easy to get into something and you can reason it. Like you said, you were reasoning why your friends, oh, no, he's he's this. He's associate awkward, things like that. So you, we can reason. We can reason murder, I think, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, or, or death, whatever. So. Because you because you keep going back to the same thing and and another friend and I were talking about uh, how being divorced me being divorced um, you keep hanging out with women that were just like your ex and not on purpose but it happens like really? if your ex was bought yeah like if your ex was bossy you kind of go to that bossy girlfriend it's like yeah it it's it's interesting because he and I had that same thing happen I was like multiple times it's like okay we gotta stop this we gotta stop the madness and that's that's probably part of my crazy well i i'm thinking too of um how they say girls always make the comment well you trained him you know she's not going to train another one so your wife trained you to accept her bossiness your ex-wife that's interesting yeah besides we get so old that we can't be trainable too you know, you can teach an old dog new tricks. I mean, a young dog new tricks, but old dog is forever. But um, I wanted to go back to your comment about being alone and accepting, just accepting um, the relationship you're in. Because for me, dating it's 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 not often. It's I don't have a lot of men knocking down my door. So it is. I think the alone thing is a big. Big part of it, and I personally don't have a lot of dating prospects, I would say. I think it's harder for women than men because there's more women out there than men. Yeah. And so men men kind of have the upper hand from, from from that standpoint. But even meeting people, you know, from that from that view, even meeting people's heart. You know, where do you go to meet people? You know, you go to the bar, church. Uh, there's some crazy women in church, by the way. <laughs> um I've heard friends meet people on Tinder. I just talked to a well, friend yesterday. A yeah, like, yeah, but they've been going out for a couple of months though on Tinder. Yeah, swipe, swipe left, swipe, swipe right, and it's actually worked. So, and I have friends I met in bars, um, friends I do match, people that do um, what's the other one, eHarmony, things mm-hmm. like that. You know, some of the dating sites or. Um, uh, 
what's the free one? There's a free one. Plenty of fish. Plenty of fish, yeah. A lot of people are on that. Farmer.com, Mormon.com. I need to try out farmers. Deadperson.com, Catholicman.com. That's what you ought to do. Is there a Catholic.com? Yes. Dang. Woohoo. Shout out to the Catholic Catholic people out, out there.com. Um, but yeah, so there's all these pseudo options, but as you get older, you know, you don't, you know, sometimes, sometimes being alone is good. Just, just hanging, you, you know, you have to worry about stuff. You, you don't have to, um, you know, there's, there's times where in the past I've thought about, okay, I wish I had somebody. And then five minutes later, okay, I'm liking being alone. I like this TV program. No one's telling me to change the damn channel. You know, I'm really time happy management here. management, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. Managing your time between, you know, what you have to devote to the relationship to nurture it and then just doing your day-to-day activities. It can be oh, yeah. kind of overwhelming. And we talk about the energy differences. You know, maybe you want to go hiking. Maybe they don't want to go hiking. Uh, maybe they turn out to be a couch potato, which is totally fine, I guess. But they but, tell you yeah. that they like hiking when yeah. you first go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love to do all that stuff. Let's go when hiking. Is, okay. When are you going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, buddy. Let's go hiking. So whatever happened to the, wasn't it, um, daughters want to marry somebody like their dad? You know, you know, you hear that. And so whatever happened to that, that kind of went to the wayside. I think for me, I really do compare guys to my father as far as, like, different things that they're able to do. If they're able to help around the house, like, mm-hmm. you know, I need a handyman person. And, you know, if they don't know how to do something. And, like, I just think that's so strange. If you're more handyman than they are, just like, I don't know. <laughs> if you can't swing a hammer better than me, uh, I don't right. know. Right. So those kind of things I think I compare, like, to my dad and the things and he had a you know good work ethic motivated um so when i see people that aren't as motivated as far as a work ethic goes that seems to bother me and i think that's just my upbringing what about men and women roles like the women cook do they have definite roles should they stay in their lane i think no i don't they can share the cooking okay they can share the cleaning Okay, because a lot of guys out there, <laughs> wow, you laugh. A lot of guys out there don't like getting out of their lanes, man. They, you know, I'm a get out of lane guy. I'll do the laundry. I'll, I'll try to cook, but I'll clean the house, clean the bathrooms. No big deal, because my mom taught me how to do that when I was young. So you do that in relationships, too. Yeah, yeah. My, um, oh, where was I? Yeah, I got lost. My marriage was a little different. And uh, have you ever read um, uh, Five Love Languages? By no, Gary Chapman. You, t- you told me to. Yeah, you do want to read that? I'm, I'm gonna give that website. But um, he says that when you when you break up in relationships, sometimes your primary love language is what you were missing. So I was that active service guy. So for me, cleaning the bathrooms, cutting the grass, doing active service is like like prime for me. But some people's gifts, other people's quality time, uh, some people physical touch, and the other one is words of affirmation. Where you know you, you you look good, but some people are like a like a conglomerate of those. But there's always one primary love language. So where do you think you are? I think it's acts of service. Acts of service, yeah. Mow my grass. Yeah. Change Damn my it. tire. Right now, yeah. 
Change my turn. Fix my gutters. I had to hire a handyman to fix my gutters because I couldn't figure it out. See? I was pissed. Why? The guy that I was dating before that I broke up with a few months ago, he was supposed to fix it and never got around to doing it. See? See? Yeah. I think that's part of crazy. Where you're crazy for thinking that he's going to fix it. <laughs> so from that standpoint, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he said he would. Yeah. but crazy? Yeah, but after a while, you know people. Come on. You knew he wasn't going to fix it. Deep down inside. Come on. I was hoping. <laughs> oh, another subject. Hope. Do we have too much hope? Some Sometimes we stay in relationship too long because we have hope that that person can change. Yeah. Yeah. Is that hope or is that crazy? That's a little bit of crazy. That's that's misplaced hope because because odds are you can't change that person, especially at this age, over 49, oh, you can't change that. a person. You know, we're kind of stuck where we are. Yeah. Um, but sometimes women and men sometimes have that hope that, that they can change that person. But shouldn't you have some sort of hope in a relationship? Yes. Like what kind of examples can you think of that you – that hope is a realistic thing to have. Like, Ooh, God, that's another one. Realistic expectations of hope. Oh, that's a triple. Um, examples of realistic expectations of hope. Okay. I hope she doesn't cut her hair like that again. No. <laughs> I hope he never makes up for me again. I hope he fixes my gutters. <laughs> It was not, obviously. Um, God, uh, a realistic expectation of hope. I'm drawing a blank. Um, we'll maybe, go ahead. We'll have to come back to it. Yeah. Thinking. Yeah. Um, mentally controlling. Hmm. Been there, done that. Um, that's another one where you're in it too long. You know, if you're in it a minute, you, uh, you're, you're in it too long. But once again, people... People don't show that right away either. They're on their best behavior. And there's a lot of controlling people out there. You know, I, I think a relationship is, what, say, 50-50, 100-100, whatever people say, that mm-hmm. you're supposed to share and give and get and this and the other. But some people don't want don't to give. They just want to take, take, take. So how is that mentally controlling? Or so is that mentally controlling or manipulating? I think it's part of both. Um, I, so let's say that you want to go to a movie, but that person picks a movie all the time. It's like, hey, let me pick a movie. No, I really want to see this one. Okay. Okay. That's okay. You, you know that okay? So I've, so I've seen that happen. okay? Because you're figuring, well, I'll, hopefully I get laid later. <laughs> no, I'm not. Because I'm getting it anyway. No. <laughs> Booyah. No, you, you're just in that mode. And that's... That's that's the way the relationship is. You get in that mode, and then you're stuck in that mode, and you give in every time. You do, regardless of this uh, of the sexual reverberations, or whatever. That, that yeah. unrealistic hope <laughs> of getting <laughs> laid. Hope of getting laid. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh wow! Bark, David. Bark. Ruff, ruff. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> This is going to be fun at night. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so you get in those relationships and that controlling factor. And it's and I would love to see two people controlling date. That would be like a dueling banjos. Can you imagine that? Two people that were controlling date? It would be a fight all the time. Oh, yeah. So uh, one person told me 
uh, Carrie, uh, one of my hygienists, she said, the person that loves the least has the most control. What do you think about that? Think about that for a second. Oh. oh. Right, because they're not as emotionally invested. Yes. Yes. So in any relationship, there's always somebody that's not as emotionally invested, correct? Hardly ever are you on the same plane. Come on, you can't be on the same plane. I know, but I have the hope. Hope. <laughs> That's another hope. Oh, these hopes are coming up, boy. You have the hope of being equal, invested, but what are the, what are the odds of being equal? Well, yeah, I've never yeah. experienced it. So what can you do in the future? What kind of things can you do in the future to help the relationships be better? That's a good question. Be better or, or on the same... Um, Theme of our emotionally invested. I think for me, um, uh, relationships, I've learned or learned in the past that you have to have realistic expectations. Sometimes if your expectations are not realistic, then you always are disappointed. Yeah. So I'm not saying, and your hope, uh, how's that work? Not you have less hope, but you have realistic hope. So, and if you're okay with that, you're okay with that. You know, if you're not, and Pete, my friend Pete, and I talk about the white picket fence. They know what that is. You know, everybody, most everybody wants a white picket fence. You know, you know, wants to get together, married, or live with her forever. This is the one I'm going to die with. That white picket fence syndrome sometimes can thrust you into that that thing where you have unrealistic expectations because you want that white picket fence no matter what. Right. You want it, and and this this isn't the right one, but I'm going to work this till I can. I'm, I'm going to stand as long as I can to get that fence, achieve that goal. I have a saying, which is, not I don't think, a great saying. My sisters and I used to say it a lot when we were younger. No expectations, no disappointments. That's true. I, I have that same saying. But that's a bad. That's not very good. That's well, why don't you hopeful. why don't why don't you transfer to no unrealistic expectations, no disappointments. Yeah, because you had yeah. another yeah. two syllable word in there. <laughs> <laughs> two syllable words are the best. <laughs> unrealistic. No, that's not two syllables. That's like four. That's how you got me counting syllables. Unrealistic. That's four syllables. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he gets smart people. <laughs> <laughs> Two syllables. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So another thing, too, is is uh, let's say that that you want to do something or just, just on the opposite side of being controlling, you got somebody who can't make up their mind. That drives oh, me nuts, gosh, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do something. What do you want to do? Well, you want to pick something. Right. I, I pick all the time. You pick something for once. But then when you do pick something, they're like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Have you had that happen, too? Yes. It's like, okay. That's when you take the white picket fence and slam it upside their head. <laughs> Say, excuse me. Pow. Yeah. This so, is what I'm doing. So that's almost a no situation where you go with that. And it's almost like a never-ending battle of good versus evil. Like, it's, it's just like two two things. But you have to find that, that in-between phase to coexist. Yeah. Well, I think the way you do that, too, is if you're both emotionally invested. <laughs> you want an equal, huh? You want an equal. You want 50-50. But, but it's never 50-50, I don't think. You don't think there's any examples of people that have been 50-50? Oh, 
I think they're probably out there. Even the ones that are married, they're probably close to 50-50. Yeah. But if you're just dating and you've been dating for six months, no way you're going to be 50-50. It's going to be rare, I think. And not to say that's a bad thing. No one's no one's on the same plane as you at any given time. You know, right. That's, well, I think that's what I think. I'm cautious. So when you start a relationship or dating, you're, you're cautious. So you're not going to be emotionally invested. You're going to hold so how do you protect your heart then? That's a good question. What are oh. some of the ways of protecting your heart? I, I take mine and put it on the shelf. It, it's, it's in the jar downstairs. Unbreakable glass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the way to protect your heart is you don't get fully invested. Oh, God, this is round and round. Don't you? Well. Yeah, yeah. And then then you're not going to really experience love if you And don't then you're going to be on the outside. You're going to be the outside looking in. Right. Yeah. Which is, is that where I am? Now I'm going to be all depressed. Uh, no, you're not. No, you're, no, you're, no, your heart is not next to mine down there on the shelf. Your heart is on your, in, in your chest. You're, uh, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't be depressed. This is supposed to be a pickup yeah, session. Geez. Yeah. Pickup session. Yeah. So next time you go into it with realistic expectations of hope, right? Say, hey, this this might work, it might work, it might not work. But an, another friend told me, I have all these friends, she said that every relationship you go to, go into and come out of, you actually have to mentally thank that person for showing you what you do or don't want. There's right. positives and negatives to every relationship, but you learn from every relationship, hopefully. Right. Even I if you agree. repeat the same thing, but you didn't learn, so you need to learn a little bit better. Right. Sometimes, but yeah. but there was a reason why that person came in your life and and parked sometimes too long, came in your life, and you know you know you guys had fun, you maybe experienced things you you haven't experienced before, but there was a reason why they came into your life. So you have to, you know, instead of, I know people say, oh man, that was a waste of my time. That was a waste of. Four point five months and all this other stuff. It's like, dude, you gotta ease up on that. Like it's like it's no big deal. Go with what she what she brought to the table and move on to the next one and you'll figure it out. So Yeah, I agree. There's no um pointless experience. There's you need to look at it that way. I was going back to the dating thing and how people meet people. So have because I've met been more successful meeting people through friends, I guess, and quite friends that I know, setting me up with somebody. Wow. And I feel... People still do that? Yes, <laughs> they do. Wow. And I, for me, it's reassuring in a way because they already know the person, and, I, and I've and i drilled them. I'm like, okay, what do they do here, here, and here? And they've, here. Already, they've already done some of the vetting for you. Right. Oh, so I see. So then I can be like, okay. And if they trust the person, my whole thing is trusting people. I'm just, like the dating websites, I'm just so worried about getting scammed by oh, somebody. Yeah. yeah, there's people that lose money. I, I've heard all kinds of stories. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to be that person because yeah. I think I could get emotionally attached to somebody and then be stupid with my money. And mm. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that. I've got a few, quite a few friends on on uh, match, and one of my friends, he'll uh, when he's back out there on the prowl, he'll arrange three, four dates, and I'm apart at, at the same Starbucks. Oh, really? Yeah. So he'll have six, seven, eight, nine, and then he'll have the 
get a little bit of in- input from the Starbucks employees, I guess. Oh, as, wait, yeah. really? And then he'll date one for a couple of months and then go down the line again. It's like, oh, wow. How, funny. Oh, How yeah. does he get him out of the Starbucks? Does no, that's an hour. Him? Hour. He leaves. Yeah. He leaves. And then comes, and comes back. That's awesome. <laughs> that's a, that's a, yeah. That's hey, you got to have a method. Even though it might be madness, you got to have a method to, method to your madness. Yes, and, and it works. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll Why find the that nice girl. Crazy? Well, it's not crazy. That's just efficient, probably. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. I'd have a half hour part, but no, I'd, <laughs> <laughs> I'd decrease that time so I could shove more people in there. Yes, that's what I do. But no, I. Yeah, Does he I, drink coffee every time? Uh, water. Yeah, he's probably peeing all night, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah, he's probably can't even sleep. He's thinking about it. But yeah, he doesn't do it a lot. But when he's w- without girlfriend, he'll do it for a day or two, and then that's interesting. And to then get. pick. Unbiased opinions. Well, and then pick the best out of the pack. So what about adventuresome? Uh, you want somebody to be like spontaneous. Spontaneous. That right there. That's a that's yeah, a big one. Yeah. I, I agree. A lot of people out there aren't spontaneous. Right. Yeah. Or can't go along with spontaneity. Yeah. They get their routine and yeah. things planned. Why are you taking this? Why are we going now? You, you didn't ask me this last week. Let's go. Come yeah. on. I think it's important to be adventuresome and spontaneous just to keep things fresh and interesting, you know? I think that keeps the relation helps keep the relationship. Yeah. You enticed in the relationship by doing things not knowing what's going to happen or what's, you know, where you're going to end up as far as you know, climbing a mountain or you know. Everything's not planned. But right. uh, you want things planned, but everything right. not planned. Right. So there's always a give and go there. Right. Let's go back to kids, the kid thing. Not everybody raises kids the same. Right. So sometimes people get into a relationship where the kids, you know, a little uh, less than down the right road. There we go. Help. I'm just struggling here with that. And that makes it tough. You know, you might really like her, but man, you got that third party or third wheel and, and it's making it tough. So that, you That's know. such a big challenge, too. If you see things early on in the relationship, you got to. I keep my mouth shut. I don't say anything. And I just say, well, I don't have to live with this kid. I'm, yeah. You know, I there's an out for me. Yeah. I'm going home or whatever. But eventually, yeah, I think there's, I think there needs to be discussed your role in their that's a parenting. Good, good, that's a good, yeah, your role. So have you ever dated somebody who had his kid full time? No. Okay. It's never really been an issue for me. And then the ones that I have dated, their kids were pretty good. I never had a problem with it. But I didn't like to, I I didn't like to be like at their house or whatever, spend the night when the kids were there. I just, I don't know. I guess I'm, I feel like I'm hypocritical in that sense. I don't want them thinking, I don't know. (laughs) That dad's having fun while we're here. Right. Can we can we get in bed with you, Dad? Uh, no, son. Sorry, right. <laughs> it's not going to work tonight. Sorry, but I'm There's scared. I don't care. There's lightning. Sorry, buddy. You can't. Sorry. Thanks. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm kind of hypocritical in that. But if they don't have them full time, it's yep. like we can't. You can you can, can plan get the next weekend, right? You can you can plan. See, back to planning. Yeah. What about those? And you haven't seen this probably, but. Uh, I've heard of this and never seen it too about the the women who have grandkids 
and they're raising their grandkids and they thought they were all done and you're dating somebody with a grandkid and she has has uh, um, custody and full custody. It's like, man, that's that's got to be tough. That's it, got to especially be tough. if if it happened after you start dating her. Yeah, that right oh there. The that's you know, shout out for people out there that do that, man. We got a lot of respect for you. But what about you know? Yeah, you you being the partner in the relationship, don't you have respect for her for doing that? Oh yeah, Taking definitely. That on? Yeah, but you got to figure out if you want to go back that far. You know, right. if your kids are grown, if you want to go back down that road again. And um, well, then you have to think, what's your priority there? What's more important to you? You know, is is she the priority for you, or or the kids just forget it? You're out of the relationship because she's got these kids full time. Well, well, that depends on the person. You know that that right there. That depends on the person, and that segues into being selfish. That's another topic: selfishness. Selfishness. How much do you throw in there? How much? You know, what about you? Oh, I'm what about very, Connie? I'm a very giving person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but at some point, you got to be selfish. Right. Yeah, because you, you got to take care of you. Yeah. yeah. You can't just give, 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 because there's nothing left. So at what point do you say, hey, what about me? Yeah, isn't that a song? I don't know. Yeah. It's not a rap song. I don't <laughs> think it is. Boys to Men, What About Me? Yeah. It's probably a country song. Yeah. But but at some point you have to be selfish with your time, gifts, talents, or things like that. Right. You just give, 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 give because people will take. Oh yeah. It'll it's exhausting yeah. if you give too much and you don't hold back. I agree. You do. But I would think there's gonna be more women out there that are gonna be taking care of their grandkids. Because I've seen by, quite a bit, yeah. By nature, it's gonna be the woman that takes them on as opposed to the grandpa. Not saying that the grandpa can't do it if they're divorced or whatever. Would you take on grandkids? <laughs> yes, I would. And then I beat my kids for making me take on their grandkids because there's there's a disconnect there. Ho- hopefully, if you raise your kids enough the right way or the straight way, whatever way you raise your kids, and your job is to get your kids profitable and productive in society, they should be able to do that to their kids. But there is a time sometimes when things happen and and situations um, come up and you're taking care of the grandkids. So I do understand that. So I can't Are can't say saying, a, I, emphatic no, but but there's times where things happen. Well, yeah, so, I'm just thinking if your kids die for some reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people out there with drugs and all sorts of problems and disabilities, uh, cancer, something, you, you know, there's, there's, there's so many things going on in the world right now. So you Have never you know. Have you ever gone out with somebody that has a disabled child and took care of them full time? No, I know people that did. One of my, um, friends, they met probably 20 years ago and she had a severely, severely disabled daughter. And the daughter died maybe a year ago. So she, she was like 19, 20 and they are still married. She had two kids and a disabled daughter and he married her. They were in the Air Force and they are happy as can be. So it is possible. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But I've never, never. That's something that comes up in the forefront though. That's not something you're going to hide. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Especially you're dating a, a, a woman like that. What about dating somebody with a, crazy family member you ever done that yes 
<laughs> Booyah. That's again where I kind of disconnect from them. You say, hey, that's not my problem. You know, you deal with that. If they're they're coming over, it's going to be uncomfortable for me. I'm not going to be there. Mine was an older brother, I think. And uh, we didn't see eye to eye about some things. So there's some times I didn't even go over there. There is one time um, this guy dated. He had a cousin that was on drugs. And... I think it was like a Sunday morning and we heard loud knocking on the door at his house. And he's like, who the hell is that? And he goes and looks and he sees it's this cousin from like another state, California or something. And he knows of his addiction issues. (laughs) He's like, he's like, what am I going to do? Because he didn't want to answer the door. I'm like, just don't answer the door. Just please from California. He drove a long way. Like he doesn't know you're home or not. And uh, he didn't listen to me, and he answered the door. But he wouldn't let the guy in because he just didn't. He did. He he knew it was just bad. Right. So what happened in the long run? The guy he sent him. Um, I think the cousin asked for like he threw his sister under the bus. He asked for his sister's phone number, so he gave it to him. <laughs> so I think the cousin called her because I think he was just trying to probably find a place to stay a couple of nights. You know probably get some money because he was on his way to new york or something right, and then move on but uh, yeah you know the whole dating thing for 49 and over is a minefield littered with good and bad things but the minefield is real and you have to circumvent that minefield and try to come out the other side so well we want to thank connie for coming by and hanging out with us and talking about dating after 49 so, 49. Yeah, we're going to rename that puppy. So, uh, good night. Good night. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. And have a nice day. Bye-bye.